For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy Thursday, another edition of Believe in the Pac-12. Myself, Jonathan Rifkin, joined by my esteemed colleague and partner in crime, Ryan Leaf, previewing week five, another important week in Pac-12 play as conference play now is in full swing. All teams playing are playing Pac-12 opponents, the two teams off, Oregon and Colorado. Let's get this rolling. Four of the five games, Ryan, find themselves on national TV. UCLA, Arizona gets that Pac-12 after dark slot. That might be good for the lack of defense. But I want to start with the Friday game. Number 15, Cal hosting Arizona State, an Arizona State that lost 34-31 to against Colorado. What do you see for in this game? I think it's a really good game. I think it's a great opportunity for, for the Cal Bears, again, to be on national TV, this time in their own, own slot, to, to let everybody see what they did on Saturday by going to the the South and, and beating the Southeastern Conference football team uh, it wasn't a fluke. They are 15th in the country. Their defense is as good as any defense in the NCAA right now. We'll see how they do uh, bouncing back with Tevin Paul and Cameron Good at the linebackers positions who both didn't play last week because of injuries. Arizona State, now we'll find out a, uh, a little more about the, the freshman quarterback. Is he able to bounce back after a loss? Because he played really, really well defensively. They gave up uh, the most points they've given up all year long. Uh, this could be what I thought initially uh, a more of a defensive-type football game. But from what we saw offensively from both these teams a week ago in terms of what Cal did against Ole Miss and especially what Arizona State did against Colorado, this could be a more uh, offensive-minded football game. But when, it all, when it's all said and done right now, uh, defensively, uh, Cal is just better and I think is going to limit this Arizona State team on a few possessions. As long as they don't turn the football over, I think Cal finds a way to win and set up a, a, a huge football game uh, a week from Saturday up in Eugene when Cal visits Oregon. If Cal does lose this game, what does the implication then become for both Cal and Arizona State? As Remember, they were ranked number 24 before the loss so a very good Colorado team, a Colorado team that you actually have in your rankings. What would the implications be if Cal loses this game? Um, you know, it, 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 they're bound to lose a game. You know, this is the one they wish they wouldn't with, with games against Oregon and, and, and Utah on the road later in the year. But it's not like a team's going to go undefeated in this league. They're going to beat each other up. Uh, Arizona State uh, was ranked a week ago. I didn't have them in my ranking, so it wasn't. Uh, a, a terrible surprise to see them get beat. I think Colorado's is, is skill position players are as good as, as anybody uh, uh, can match up against. The question is for me, is LaVisca Schnell going to be coming back a week from now with that bye? But Arizona State, for me, is a 7-5 and five football team. Uh, 
I saw them losing to Michigan State, so therefore, therefore makes me uh, in a position where they may be eight and four. But then I had them losing to Colorado, uh, or I had them beating Colorado, so they're kind of back into that position for me. I, I think they're a seven and five football team still. I think it's going to be really difficult. I think the South is going to turn into uh, extreme chaos if Utah <laughs> isn't able to to right the the wrongs of last week. Uh, but I but I find Cal uh, with their defensive front and in particular their middle linebacker Evan Weaver. Uh, the team that uh, that wins this football game simply because of that. They'll limit some possessions. Uh, they'll get some turnovers. If not get turnovers, they'll make some stops. And offensively, uh, they're gonna they're gonna comp- uh, com- compound uh, what they did a week ago at Ole Miss and and continue to improve. Because I saw some skill position players out there on the perimeter uh, that I hadn't seen at Cal in a while, and it all it all freed up because of, of Chase Garbers and his ability just to let things fly and trust himself out there on the football field. 7.30 ESPN Friday night, Jaden Daniels versus Chase Garbers, Cal versus Arizona State. Cal is projected to win by five. That's the line. I would bet uh, that they at least cover, if not really push that line up to maybe seven, even ten points. All right, let's move on. 12.30. Cal's favored, by, Cal's favored by five? Cal, as we stand, is favored by five. I think that is completely underrating Cal. Really? I got it at... Uh... I think I got it at uh, three and a half. Oh, interesting! It is up to it is it is up to five. It's up to five. That. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's something. So you think I that... don't think that's underrating Cal? Okay. I don't think that's underrating Cal at all. You know, I, I think that uh, I'd be more surprised if this game was tighter. So there there was some money that went down on Cal. Yep. Uh, here in the last few days, because um, you know five points is a lot for a Cal team that until a week ago hasn't shown that they can score any points. And they win games by one and two and ugly. That's how they do it. So that surprises me a little bit. But uh, I still have Cal winning the football game. I just don't know if I'd, I'd give up five points for that process. Yeah, it seems like people are, are somewhat agreeing with me taking taking the spread on Cal. But I, I agree. I could definitely see this going uh, to be closer. Let's move on to that 12:30 game on Fox USC Washington, number 17 versus uh, a reluctant number 21, a number 21 team that we both think uh, in USC that we both think does not deserve to be in the conversation remotely for rankings yet. Washington, nine and a half point spread in Seattle. Eason versus uh, probably Matt Fink and a couple of walk-ons as the backup. Uh, what do you look for in this game? Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do. If Jack Sears gets a call, if, if Keith Slovis isn't cleared, uh, you know, because I don't know what they're going to do at the backup. Because they've lost a quarterback pretty much every game that they've played in. Uh, so, uh, it, it will be interesting what they do if Keaton Slovis can't go. Matt Fink will be the guy. Certainly not going to be able to complete the passes he completed last week. Uh, those those yellow balls Yolo throws that I talked about uh, are are not going to be available. Uh, the defensive backfield for Washington is much more difficult. Um, I, I think that that uh, they're a much different football team on the road as well too. So you, you put Matt you put Matt Fink in his first road game atmosphere in particular in Seattle in a hostile environment with the way that the, the Washington Huskies have rebounded and are playing since the loss to Cal. I think that, uh, you know, nine points is a lot of points. People, people are really confident, you know, but I don't know if they're, if they're that good, if they're capable of beating this USC, USC team by that many, but, but I do think that Washington and Jacob Easton, that defense uh, beats this USC football team kind of brings them back down to earth and back out of the uh, AP poll for a, a second time in four weeks. With 
uh, Keaton Slovis still under the concussion protocol. The depth chart for USC quarterback, as you mentioned, is pretty thin. They have Brandon Purdue, Scott Harrison, Trevor Scully, three guys who have had nothing near meaningful reps at the college level, or at least with the first team uh, under their belt. Purdue's a redshirt junior who's likely going to be Fink's backup for USC. He was listed as the backup safety for this team. And uh, he did fill in in that position during the spring game. He's from Oaks Christian. Uh, he completed 14, game, 14 passes in two games last season for the Lions. Harris is a freshman from Fairfax. Uh, so, I mean, they better hope that Matt Fink stays healthy. Keaton Slovis can come back. Or maybe, like you said, they give Jack Sears a call and say, there's a spot open for you. We obviously know what you can do. Uh, we need some more depth at the quarterback position. That game at 12.30 on Fox. Uh, the next game on the Pac-12 slate is Stanford-Oregon State. I don't know how much you want to delve into this game, but I think it'll be a bounce-back game for Stanford. <laughs> well, this, uh, I don't know. This will, tell you, this will tell you enough about it, right? Stanford's favored by three points, or at least what I saw yeah, today. Yeah, it stayed at three. So, yeah, it's, that for me is, is very telling to what people think uh, about the Stanford football team and their capabilities. Um, I, I, I don't I don't see how they can't win, but there's going to be a game this year where Oregon State wins like they did a year ago yep. in conference, and this probably is the one they can get to steal. I have my Pac-12 power rankings this week. Uh, Oregon's at one, Cal's at two, UW, Utah, Washington State, USC, Colorado, Arizona State, Arizona, UCLA, and the two that bring up the rear are Stanford, which I can't believe I actually have them at, and Oregon State at 11 and 12. So this is the bottom feeders of the conference right now. Uh, I, 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 I think Cal or I think Stanford finds a way to win this football game, but it wouldn't surprise me if Oregon State steals one here, steals one here against David Shaw in this down season for the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, that's about all I got on this game. It's really not one that that's going to pique a lot of interest, except for those people who are wondering if Stanford's able to, re, you know, you know, get better. Um, bounce back I don't know if in the David Shaw era if they've ever lost three in a row and if you tell me they would win they would lose four in a row uh I I I would tell you you're nuts so this will be interesting to see how this one plays out especially if that fourth in a row team is Oregon State that game at four o'clock unsurprisingly not on national television on the Pac-12 network is where you can catch that one uh the final two games on the slate let's start with uh, the more intriguing one of the the late game, 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, Washington State in Salt Lake City taking taking on Utah. In our last episode, we talked about how this matchup was expected to be two 4-0 teams. Instead, it's two 3-1 teams and a Utah team that dropped nine spots after losing to USC from 10th to 19th in the nation. Um, And we still don't know the status on the running back, Zach Moss, which I think could really play a big part uh, in Washington State's game plan on defense and also Utah's ability to to complete uh, total drives on offense. Yeah, I, I will say this. If Utah had to play uh, both air raid teams in the same season, doing it back-to-back is is a good good position to be in because they'll have a chance to practice against it again. Even though they're, they differ in, in some, some schematics, they are – basically the same in foundation with what they do uh, you're exactly right when it came to what we thought this game was going to be about this weekend we thought it was going to be two undefeated uh, you know Washington State's had Utah's number the last few years uh, I think it's going to be really difficult to go down to Salt Lake City and win the in that environment especially after the loss and 
Utah having to take a good hard look in the mirror. I don't know what Washington State does after that absolute uh, absolute just fall apart in the second half type of performance uh, and how they get back uh, against a very good Utah team. People forget they're a very good football team, uh, and they just couldn't get it done a week ago. This should be an interesting football game. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to unfortunately be right up against my football game that I'm calling uh, next week between Hawaii and Nevada. So I'll have to catch it on Sunday. But uh, I, I'm going to say uh, that I think Utah comes out at the other end. Um, they are six and a half point favorites. I don't know if that stands up, but I think Utah um, bounces back and, and keeps the Washington State Cougars uh, on the losing end of things and out of the top 25. To this point in the season, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon has 137 for 183 completions, 1,894 yards, and 21 touchdowns. How do you see the rest of the season going for, for the fifth year? Because I know that they lost last week. He had nine touchdowns. We talked about how the UCLA comeback and the implosion for Washington State on offense toward the end of that game sort of overshadowed his performance. But for the third straight year, it seems like Mike Leach has another uh, national attention garnering quarterback at the helm how do you see anthony gordon as a as a individual on this offense playing out uh especially in a game that means so much and then forthcoming after i think business as usual you know i think this is what it's going to be you know they're going to have a real difficult time winning some of these road games and he's going to put a bunch of bunch of yards for me it's always and will always be about the defense when it comes to mike leach football coach coach football teams period offense is going to put up points offense is going to do those things now when they start to turn the football over and then it really puts even more pressure on a defense that may be uh, a bit uh under undermanned right now uh, but uh, uh I, i'm not too worried about the quarterback position i think a year from now we'll be talking about the same thing they'll have a guy in place that will produce in a manner that puts them in a position to win eight or nine football games then it depends on what the defense does if the de- defense is as good as what alice grinch brought to the table a few years back what clacy trades has been able to do recently then the team has an opportunity to win double-digit football games. But unless they are better on the defensive end, which clearly they, they couldn't figure out how to stop anybody uh, on Saturday night, then it's going to be difficult for them to get to that place where they win double-digit games. I still think this is a football team that finds a way to win eight, possibly nine games, uh, but that's just not going to be good enough. Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of them not winning championships and just being kind of the freak show at the circus and throwing it 70 times and having a guy throw nine touchdowns and yet still loses the football game. That, for me, isn't what what needs to happen on the Palouse if they want to take the next step. It's going to be an important game for Anthony Gordon and the Cougars. The final game, UCLA gets the Pac-12 after dark slot on ESPN for a second straight week. They're in Tucson to face Khalil Tate and the Arizona Wildcats. This is going to be a game, if you thought the 67-63 game didn't have a lot of defense, I don't think this game is going to be as high scoring, obviously, uh, but these are two teams that don't like to play defense, at least to this point in the season. Arizona, I don't, I don't know how much you want to talk about them. They are favored by eight, which I feel like is a little bit high, um, but Khalil Tate hasn't been overly impressive as a passer this season. He does have 238 yards on the ground and two touchdowns on 32 carries, um, but I do really think that UCLA can steal this one away. Yeah, I don't. Not at all. This this UCLA team is uh, is still a three and nine football team. Uh, this was not a launching pad last week. It was the the, the absolute crumble and destruction uh, and implosion of a team that couldn't figure out how to get out of their own way. 
there were some neat plays by by UCLA and and DTR did some good things, but uh, I think Arizona has kind of found their stride. Uh, and the biggest thing for me is defensively how they can limit uh, DTR and that football team from from doing similar things they did against Washington State in the second half. I think Arizona wins this state uh, wins this game by by at least 10 points. Interesting. Okay, so let me ask you then about UCLA. What would it take for you to be convinced um, that they're more than just that, like you said, a 3-8 and eight team? Uh, I, I need to see at least two or three weeks in a row where they're consistently scoring points, shutting people down defensively, um, you know, and then you talk about then they have to come home. And I, I, I really think they're going to have a hard time winning – any any home games this year i think their best opportunity is to win some road games when uh you know it's just got to be really disappointing and hard to play at home if you're the ucla bruins right now and i think it's going to continue to be problematic so uh this this football team has a long way to go uh, last year they did the same thing they beat the breaks off cal in just an absolute head scratcher a year ago uh, and cal says the same thing. Like, I don't know where it came from and what happened, but Josh Kelly ran all over that defense. Didn't happen again for Cal. Cal stopped everybody after that. UCLA didn't, didn't build on that really uh, at all and only ended up winning three games. And I, and I think they're in a similar position this year. So let me ask you this then, just regarding those three games. So they have that win against Washington State. They at Arizona this week versus Oregon State at the Rose Bowl next week, and then they play at Stanford, and then the last five games are ASU, Colorado, Utah, USC, and Cal. Where do you see the other two games coming if not this week against Arizona? I'm going to take a look and tell you exactly where I saw them when the season started. Now, first of all, I thought they, they, I thought they would win against San Diego State, so they were right. one of the wins I had <laughs> at. Um, my next win for them is uh, Oregon State. Uh, I had them winning at, at home against Colorado. Those were the three wins for the year. San Diego State, Oregon State, and Colorado. They replaced Washington State with the San Diego State one. So uh, I, I see the, the wins at Washington State now, of course, Oregon State, um, and Colorado. Those are the wins I have them in place going 3-9 and nine this season. All right, we'll see how those games turn out. Oregon State next week on October the 5th. Colorado on November 2nd. That's uh, the fourth to last game for UCLA. Before we sign off here, Ryan, the Pac-12, you said in our last episode, uh, may very likely not have a team in the college football playoff. You're okay with that because this conference, it's fun. It's competitive. Uh, You have teams beating up each other all over the board, which is nothing new to the Pac-12 on the football football side of things. I mean, it happens in basketball too, but I think that's a more nuanced conversation. Um, How do you see this? Is there any path, I should say, for this conference to find a representative in the college football playoff. And if there is, you know, if Oregon wins out, if Cal goes undefeated for some reason, it's probably not in their own hands, right? They need a lot of help from other teams around the country to make it happen. Well, I mean, if Cal goes undefeated, yeah, they're going to be in the college football playoff unless there are four other undefeateds, which is a possibility. You know, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Clemson. Uh, could could be undefeated. They really could. And I don't know if that leaves an undefeated Cal team out, but I, I just, I find it really hard to believe that, that a team that can't uh, or hasn't scored over 30 points this season in the top 25 uh, go undefeated. Uh, it, it's a stretch for me. So I think that an Oregon team that runs the table 
and wins the Pac-12 championship and is 12 and one with a loss to an Auburn team that run that that continues to have a very successful year. I have I have Auburn ranked third in the country right now. I think they have two of the most impressive wins uh, of this young season. And easily, if I was willing to, uh, you know, take a hard look and not give Alabama the benefit of the doubt because of what they accomplished last year and, and kept together as a roster, I easily could put them in the number two spot in the country right now because of the two big victories over Oregon and Texas A&M already. So if Auburn continues down that path and is a very good football team at the end of the year, like I expect them to be, that loss for Oregon is going to look really good. And unless there are four undefeated football teams, you're talking about a one-loss football team out there and Oregon sitting there at 12-1 and with the Pac-12 championship and a loss to the Auburn Tigers, that very well can make a, make a uh, statement uh, for the opportunity to be in the college football playoff. But, you know, Oregon's schedule is brutal. They got to go to USC. They got to play Washington still. They got to play Washington State, who's just had their number. It's, it's a brutal schedule, and it's going to be an opportunistic football team to get them in a position to be in that place. This is where people start talking about the SEC versus the Pac-12 in the conversation. Uh, if LSU, who has convinced much of the country that they're for real, um, somehow goes and runs a table in the SEC except for that loss against Alabama, should that happen, would that overshadow an Oregon team that runs the table in the Pac-12? Um, so it would essentially be, an, and for me, I have Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Clemson in my college football playoff as it stands right now. Would that give voters in the, in the uh, college football playoff, uh, would they give LSU the benefit of the doubt over Oregon if they both have one loss? Maybe. I mean, you know, who knows? I'm going to go uh, next week and do the mock, the college football playoff mock committee, find out more how it goes down, and I can give you a better idea on, on what a one-loss team looks like. I can tell you this. There's a good possibility, and, and it easily could happen, that four teams um, going into the SEC championship could have could be 11-1 and one in the SEC. Georgia, Auburn, LSU, and Alabama all could be 11-1 and one with huh. Auburn, or sorry, with, with Alabama and Georgia being the recipients of the Eastern and Western champions that means you could be sitting sitting watching two teams lsu and auburn sitting on the side at 11 and 1 go in you know be waiting there for the college football playoff committee to make a decision so uh it, it's 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 really interesting to how this is going to play out right now all you can do and all you can control is what's ahead of you right, right now for oregon it's 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 healing up getting everybody back in particular those, those wide receivers at the wide receiver position for oregon so they're ready to go when possibly an undefeated cal team comes to Austin in two weeks. We're going to preview that game next week on Thursday's edition of Believe in the Pac-12. I think that wraps it up. you have any final thoughts going into week five? You know, uh, you you mentioned the word. I tweeted about it the other night when Utah got got beat by by USC that, you know, you know, and I like to use it now. It's, it's, it's not the conference of champions for this football season. It's, it's definitely the conference of cannibalism because, they're just going to beat each other up week in, week out. And I, I don't know about you as a fan. I love it. I think it's entertaining. You don't know what's going to happen. You're going to, be, you're going to tune in to, to watch these football games being played. I know people want uh, the debate and want the Pac-12 to be considered in the national narrative. You know, right now, with the way that the top two teams in the country have played the last, you know, what, four years, and it, it seemingly seems like they're going in the same direction because Clemson certainly won't play another team that I think could possibly beat them until the college football playoff semifinal. 
you know, it, it's almost better to get an opportunity to play in that Rose Bowl and show uh, show your dominance of the conference that beats each and every team up week in, week out. And there's a chance there could be a one-loss team, whether it be Wisconsin or Ohio State, depending on how, how that conference plays out uh, in the Rose Bowl as well. So, like you said, it's going to be really interesting. The Pac-12 slate, Arizona at Cal on 7.30 on Friday, USC at Washington, Stanford at Oregon State, Washington State at Utah, and UCLA at Arizona. Five games, ten teams all playing uh, in the Pac-12 this weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday to recap what – I assume it will be a really exciting and entertaining week five of Pac-12 football. Ryan, you mentioned earlier you're going to be at Nevada, Hawaii, right? Yep, we'll be, uh, we'll be in Reno this weekend for a, a good Mountain West Conference matchup uh, uh, Saturday night, ESPN 2, 7.30 Pacific. Both teams 3-1, and one. should be fun. I will make sure I have that Washington State-Utah game on one of my screens and, of course, uh, Nevada, uh, Hawaii on the other one because I think that you've been doing a really great job uh, on these calls for, for ESPN, <laughs> especially last week. I mean, what a game to be at, Cal Ole Miss. But I think that'll wrap it up for this edition of Believe in the Pac-12. For everybody who made our podcast possible, a special thanks to our host network, Believe, the number one podcasting network for professionals, and my co-host, Ryan Leaf. My name is Jonathan Rifkin, signing off. Enjoy Week 5. We, we will be back on Tuesday uh, to preview or to recap Week 5, and then on Thursday next week to preview uh, another Week 6 edition of Pac-12. Until then, enjoy Week 5. We'll talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 